Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. Hi, Driven Woman. How are you? I trust that you are doing well. I am so happy to be back with you for another episode of the Driven Woman podcast. My guest today is, of course, an amazing woman, but this is a heads up to you that there is a bit of background noise in some parts of the interview, and so I wanted you to be mindful of that, and I do appreciate your understanding She was at school at the time, and that was the best facility for her to take the call with me. And so I asked that you oblige (laughs) and focus on the amazing content, focus on the amazing things that she'll share rather than the bits of background noise that you hear here and there. All righty. So, yes, let's get into the show. My guest today, she is a PhD candidate in the in library and information studies at the University of Cape Town in South Africa. She holds a master's and bachelor's degree in library and information science from the National University of Science and Technology. She is the assistant librarian at the University of Zimbabwe. Yes, people, she's from Zimbabwe. And she's also a 2018-2019 United States Department of State Community Solutions Fellow. Please make welcome my guest today, Miss Nancy Kwangwa. Did I get it right? Yes. Almost. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> All right. I tried. I was I was practicing so long. I was like, Lord, let me get this right, please. All right. So Nancy, please let the listeners know what your name is, please. Your full name. <laughs> Hi guys, uh, my name is Nancy Kwangwa and I'm so happy to be part of this podcast and um, it's so interesting to share my story with yes, the entire world yes, because yes. once it's up there, anyone, everyone mm-hmm. can actually access it from this current generation, <laughs> yes. generation. Yes. so it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so I keep not pronouncing the G, you pronounce the G, so it's Kwangwa. Right, yes. right. Akif, for some reason, I, I think the G, I thought the G was silent. Oh, all right, no. I got it right. <laughs> all right, so as of today, um, persons from 19 different countries are listening to the podcast. And I suspect that number will grow as we start increasing the content that is put out there. So, yeah, ne- People from 19 different countries. Well, of course, the number one listeners are from the United States. Uh, then I think the second running is my home country, Jamaica, of course. And I think then the UK. I think I saw something. I saw Malawi. And there was like, okay, then. 
<laughs> and I'm trying to think if I know anyone from Malawi. Is it? Oh, there's okay. Tawona and um, Oleria from the CSP 2018 cohort. Oh, yes, Probably yes, they're the yes. ones who are spreading the word. Right, yeah. right. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. All right, so uh, ladies and for the gentlemen that do listening in, I'm going to tell the backstory to how Nancy and I met because I have to share it. So Nancy and I were both a part of the 2018-2019 cohort of the Community Solutions Program. And it's a program that's funded by the U.S. Department of State. So leading up to our departure from our respective countries, we had to figure out housing on our own. Well, not on our own, but at the end of the day, it was incumbent on us to secure housing for ourselves. And so when we found out that we both were going to Washington, D.C., we started connected. That's what I love about uh, the people at IREX that run the CSP program. They are so great at facilitating networking and collaborations prior to us even getting to D.C., so Nancy and I connected, and then we were, we were trying to figure out if we could uh, get somewhere together. And we were having an issue with, like, how would we uh, make payment and stuff like that? Because, uh, you know, online banking isn't so great in her home. And then uh, I think she found somewhere, and then I was, I was like, oh, I'm on my own. I have to start this thing out. And then it turns out when we both got to D.C., the the family that I ended up uh, living with, their next door neighbor wanted a tenant. And it just so happened that Nancy was again in the market trying to find another place to live. And it so happened that we ended up being together after all because the houses were literally beside each other. (laughs) <laughs> right wow um, yeah. they're literally we said each other was like wow look at god because for me our friendship made such a huge difference in my time spent in dc she was kind of like my big sister friend <laughs> confidant <laughs> yeah. um, because you know we'll get into nancy's very young and youthful but she has a lot of responsibilities and she carries them so well so we'll get into that so yeah i'm that's one of the reasons why i'm so happy to have you here so that i can share one of my really really good friends with the world <laughs> yeah so you I'm guys so are <laughs> so you guys are really privileged right now so nancy all right, let's get into the questions. So right. you are from a country that is, uh, I want to say, sort of controversial. You know, people have a lot to say about Zimbabwe. People have a lot to say about the people from Zimbabwe. And a lot of those things, I think, are far from the truth, having gotten to know you. And so I want you to tell us about what your upbringing was like living in Zimbabwe, what your family life was like, uh, and how that had an influence on what you're doing today. All right. Uh, Thank you so much. So I'll start by uh, giving you a brief background about my upbringing. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I'll share my story regarding staying in Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. So 
Nancy is the last born in a family of eight and mm. four, girls, four boys. And I grew up in <clears throat> rural Zimbabwe. And um, in the rural parts of Zimbabwe, it's a bit laid back, um, mm. chilled. Yeah. Um, and then uh, growing up in a rural setup, there were there were certain things that I really uh, wished I could have because uh, life in the rural setting is different from life in the urban setting. Mm-hmm. So that drove me to really work hard. And I, uh, I told myself that one thing that could make me really successful is education. Mm -hmm. So I worked hard and in the rural setting, you know, education for the girl child is not really valued, you know, because they think the girl child is the future bride. So they'll get married. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to send a girl child to, uh, to higher education and stuff like that. So growing up in such an environment, I wanted to challenge the, setting yes to prove that the girl child can actually be a better person if they are educated so i did my primary school in rural zimbabwe in part of my secondary school in rural zim and then i moved uh on to the city uh, a small city where i started staying with my sister when my my parents passed on. So I stayed with my sister in another uh, city and uh, was sent to a boarding school for my high school. Um, And then, unfortunately, my sister, whom I was staying with, uh, passed on. But because I had that vision of emancipating myself through education, uh, that actually uh, gave me more energy to work extra hard. Mm -hmm. And then um, I passed my high school and then I enrolled in university. And um, growing up, I always believed that uh, if someone has access to information and technologies, they can actually uh, do anything they want because information is power. So I enrolled for a degree in library and information sciences. And um, that was uh, a starting point of my career. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, after my my degree, I think I waited for less than... um, a month before I got my first job in a women's okay. organization, which was um, responsible for providing gender and development information to women in Harare, Zimbabwe. And then uh, that's when I moved to the capital city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Awesome, awesome. Isn't she amazing, everyone? <laughs> uh, one of the things mm-hmm. I want to point out, it's, it's that no matter where you are in the world, we all have a story, you know, we all um, aspire and dream. And no matter where you are in the world, the the common thread is hard work, right? And applying yourself and regardless of, you know, the obstacles, um, we don't get to use our obstacles as an excuse not to achieve and that's Absolutely. one of the things, yeah, one of the thing, reasons why I think we connected so well was because there are so many similarities in our story. We both, um, you know, have a sister that we, we leaned on so much and, you know, there's this desire to make, make her proud. So having made the decision to pursue education, I know you said that you have, it's eight of you, right? 
or, um, I know that there must have been some kind of backlash from your family uh, with you deciding that you're going to pursue yeah. education right out the gate rather yeah. than immediately deciding that you're going to get married as soon as you were able to. So how did you deal with that? All right. Uh, so it was uh, quite funny and interesting, you know, because when I finished my first degree, you know, there was pressure from my family to say, oh, now you have a degree, said you wanted a degree. When are you going to get married? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I got a degree, but I need a job. I need to provide for my mm-hmm. niece, my nephews, uh, I also need uh, good things for myself. Yes. I need to provide for myself. I don't have to wait for someone to provide for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I- We all need a community of like-minded people who hold space for us to discuss our unique difficulties. Most times, hearing what someone else has overcome pushes us forward and allows for our own transformation. This is why I have created the Driven Woman podcast Patreon community where you can go and get this kind of support and experience this kind of community. So my Patreons will have an opportunity to join me over on Facebook where I'll be sharing exclusive content. You'll be able to share your questions and get feedback from our community. And Patreons will get an opportunity to sort of be like my co-producers by letting me know directly what are some of the themes that you'd like for me to discuss here on the podcast. And for my VIP members, you will get access to a private Q&A and monthly goal-setting sessions that are not done via the internet. They'll be done privately on Zoom. So if this is something that you are interested in, and I think you are, just go over to www.patreon.com forward slash driven woman podcast. So that's www.patreon.com forward slash Driven Woman Podcast. And for those of you who would like to simply support the show to help me keep it going, uh, you'll have an opportunity as well to become a patron and make a donation uh, of $5 per month on Patreon. So I look forward to seeing those of you who are excited about this opportunity to get access to unique trainings, um, private coaching challenges, um, and sessions with me and to build a community of like-minded women. So I look forward to you. Join me over Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash driven woman podcast. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> I started working. Actually, I had a sister who like got married when she was pretty young at 16. So I challenged her to say, um, even though you are married, you find that you can still go back to school and do mm-hmm. something. And then um, 
we had a debate, we had a conversation, and then at the end of the day, we came to an agreement that she has to go back to school because she's mm-hmm. someone who's very sharp, she was mm-hmm. very intelligent. So right now she's doing her, she's in third year at university. Wow, uh, wow, yes. that was a mid, wow, that's kudos to her and kudos yes. to your influence on her. Exactly. Wow. So. After I finished my school, my university, I started working and then eventually I got married. And then everyone from my village, where I'm originally from, young girls were now, are now looking at me as a role model. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nancy did it. She went to school. <laughs> university and she's married and she has kids so for young uh, women out there i like to say marriage is not the like the ultimate goal but you can actually do other things before mm-hmm. you get married and if you got married earlier it's not the end of the world you can still like start school and then attain your degrees your diplomas and in a career or be a professional in whatever you are passionate about you would agree that how you communicate has a lot to do with the kind of reaction that you'll get because uh, I want to say you can't be extremely forceful. There must have been a way that you had to communicate with them for them to say yes. Like Absolutely. Right. You can't, it's not like America where there's the, ex, the expectation that women are supposed to go to college. Women are supposed to be this, you know, yeah, strong person that does it all. <laughs> I think African society is a lot more conservative. And so exactly. you must have had to communicate in a way for them to say yes to you. Yes, um, and also presenting results to say, mm-hmm. I went to school, I have a job, I'm supporting the family, I'm able to take care of myself and all that. So that way, the leaders who now rethink their approaches towards yeah. the girl child to say marriage is not the ultimate yeah. goal. Right. Yeah. Well, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting shivers now because I'm just now realizing just the how impactful one example can be. People, Nancy is a young woman, right? She's she's yeah. still considered a youth, right? Um, so I, I, for the for the younger women, you know, who are just hitting thirty that listen to this show are between thirty and thirty five. You can still make an impact just by the way how you live your life. Right, you don't have to be like a senior citizen or anything like that to have a massive impact. Just you deciding that you're gonna live in a certain type of way, it can actually influence the leaders in your community because that's essentially what you've done, Nancy. Now you are kind of that person that people say, Well, you know, Nancy decided that she was gonna go to university and she still found a husband. You know, that didn't, <laughs> that didn't turn her husband off. Um, and she was in a better position to actually do more for the family because of her education and because she was able to secure income with um, whatever gifts and talent she cultivated at university. So it, it's amazing that one person or that one, just living your life, you know, being true to yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Nancy. I really, I really appreciated it. So you decided that you're going to start, you're going to apply for the Community Solutions Program, which I think is probably um, one of the premier 
programs that's funded by the State Department. So it was a big deal, right? They only accept yes. 1% of the applicants for the program out of, you know, people from all over the world, um, every corner of the world. So what made you have that confidence to step out? And um, I will share that you, at that time, you were already married, right? Yes. So what made you have the confidence to apply? And <laughs> what did you say to your husband? <laughs> okay. For him to say yes. <laughs> All right. Um, besides uh, being a wife, I'm also a full-time employee mm -hmm. and there was an opportunity to go to the United States for a professional development fellowship. Mm -hmm. So there were like um, issues that I had to deal with before I really decide on the application. Mm -hmm. So from the husband's side, I'm so grateful that um, my husband really supports um, my work my community um, line of work, as well as my vision. So mm -hmm. he just said, uh, feel free to go. But then there were pressures from other the other side of my in-laws who were saying, oh, you're going to go to the United States for, for four months? And mm -hmm. then uh, how is that possible? How are you going to handle the kids and all that? But then because we had an understanding with my husband who was really supportive mm -hmm. and was prepared to take care of our kids during my absence. And then by then, um, it was also difficult for me because I had to live a very, um, very young kid, like mm -hmm. was six months out. Mm -hmm. So it was really old decision. And also uh, having a full-time job, I also had to ask for four months leave out of work yeah uh, but through uh, communication and also articulating the benefits that I would derive from the fellowship and also be able to apply at work and also in the community I managed to go to get approval uh, from my employer but um, yeah <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> You were, I'm guessing a lot of people are thinking, wow, she was fortunate because um, at that time you had your, really, he was kind of a newborn. He is. Yeah, he was a newborn at the time. When I was interviewed for the CSP, I was like eight months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, the, the, I got accepted, the acceptance later when the baby was like a month old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so through communication and also having a support system. And because now my relatives are now, um, they now appreciate the importance of education and yeah. also these professional fellowships, they were really supportive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And then too, I think, um, well, like for example, in Jamaica, traveling is a big deal, right? When someone travels, you know, to the US or to the UK, it's always a big deal. And yeah. when, you're, when you're from kind of a humble, humble background, when people see someone from the same circumstances as them traveling and, you know, just living life fully, it inspires them to do the same thing. That's very true. Mm -hmm. I, can sh I can tell you that um, after the fellowship, it's also a big deal here if you travel to to the developed world, mm -hmm. uh, when you come back, uh, people see you differently. You earn extra respect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right. So, uh, yeah, 
it's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. Did you experience what uh, is considered mom guilt? Did you feel that you were feel guilty that you were somehow sacrificing um, the love and attention that you're supposed to give your children as a mother because you wanted to pursue your dreams? And if yes, how did you deal with that? Okay, I really felt bad when I saw my kids. I felt like, oh my goodness, I deprived them of the of the motherly mm-hmm. love. So <laughs> to deal with that, um, you know, I'm always pampering them over the weekends, like mm-hmm. taking them out, trying to make up, yeah. and I had to take some time off work, like for two weeks, just to be with my kids. Yeah, and. Um, I'm also planning a vacation where it will be mm-hmm. just us, where I'll be treating them so that uh, I, I do away with that yeah. <laughs> guilty conscience that is yeah. at the back of my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's perfectly normal, you know, for the, the young the mothers here. It's perfectly normal to experience that, but you found mm-hmm. a way to kind of kind of make up for it on your return home. Yeah. Right? And I think too, you have so many more stories to share with them because you kind of took that chance to, to leave them for a little while. Uh, now you're able to say, hey, I went to the US. These are some of the things I saw. And, and it, it, I think it's, it helps you. It's going to help you in the long run to kind of share some experiences with them that they'll appreciate. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, so let's talk about your philanthropic uh, aspirations when you got back from the CSP program. I know you had to work on a project. Uh, You know, you can talk to us about what that was or is and what are some of the the things that you want to accomplish and maybe what kind of support you'd want uh, going into 2020 to, to do more with that project. All right. Uh, so for my community action project of the Community Solutions Program, uh, I worked on digital literacy um, targeting uh, primarily young women from the underserved uh, communities here in, in Arari. And uh, going forward, I would like to extend the digital literacy to the rural communities because Mm -hmm. as it is you know technology has transformed the world we are now in a global village because of technology and if you don't have the skills of how to uh, to navigate around the technological landscape somehow you are switched off from the world Mm -hmm. so having my background from a rural setting um, when I reflect I I see that if I had access to technologies and information, I could have been maybe done more than what I've done. Mm -hmm. So I want to take my philanthropic work to the village where I grew up, where I will train young women um, on how to use uh, digital technologies and also life skills. Because Mm -hmm. you find that... um, Currently, I work at the university and 
uh, if uh, you ask somebody, why did you pick this particular program? They'll say that, oh, my parents told me that it's their best program. And then mm-hmm. they're now saying, oh, if only I knew that there were these other programs, right, I could have picked right. this one. So because of that gap that exists, digital gap, you find that they don't have like all the information that they need compared to the urban counterparts. Mm-hmm. So my work is to empower young women through access to information and technologies. Right, right. That's awesome. Uh, and it's so interesting that a lot of people say that we're now in the information age or the knowledge age where everything is literally at the click of a button. You know, you can Google almost everything. Yes. And so to know that there are some persons that may not be benefiting from that because of the the their lack of access to computers, the internet, uh, you know, it's really disheartening and I'm glad that you decided that you want to kind of change that for the persons uh, who are from rural Zimbabwe so kudos to you and I'm going to be sharing your um, social media so that for persons who are interested in this area you know if they want to reach out to you and connect they'll have an opportunity to do that so yeah uh, all right Mm-hmm. So Nancy, how do you stay so focused and productive to achieve all your goals? You're a PhD student, you're a mother, you're, you're lecturing uh, young adults who think they know it all, but don't really know it all. <laughs> how are you managing those three areas, you know, plus you're a sister, all of these things. How are you managing it all? All right. Um, firstly, uh, planning is one important component. Mm-hmm. I plan my work. Mm-hmm. I know plan to say this year I want to do A, B, C, D. And then from there, I break down to quarterly plans. And then I have monthly plans. And to tell you, I also have weekly and daily plans. Mm-hmm. So I plan every hour of my life. I don't do things randomly. So I have a diary, make use of uh, free tools like Google Calendar, put Mm -hmm. everything in place and make sure that I don't miss appointments. I -hmm. balance my life through planning. So it's really critical that um, you plan your life, account for every every minute because failure to do that you're likely to do uh, maybe other things rushed or you miss out on certain things because my life is so many demanding things I need to really plan to say on this day I'm working on this after work I'm working on ABCD to account for the time loss for my family over the weekend I'm not um doing anything school-related or work-related. I'm focusing on my family on this mm-hmm. Saturday. And then I also plan everything. So it's one thing that most people don't do, but it's really critical if you are to succeed in whatever you, you do. Because failing to plan is like planning to fail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Failing to plan is like uh, planning to fail. That's really, yeah. that's powerful. Wow, but every minute though, Nancy... <laughs> Planning every minute though. Ah, yeah. <laughs> it's you know, like for right now, I can attest to how important that is because uh, you know, I'm trying or all I'm doing so many things and I'm working on building a brand 
Um, that has a a worldwide impact and that means doing several things um there are several small pieces that go towards making the big thing and I really have to stay so focused so um you saying that you have to plan every hour and every minute like I don't feel so weird now and I will do my best <laughs> to get better at it. Like, For a start, just make yourself a Google Calendar. <laughs> yes, I don't. I, don't, I feel like I'm not using it as well as I should be. I'm not using Google <laughs> Calendar as well. What I so did, I do use to plan. What What I've been doing uh, for about a year now. So, like on a Sunday, I will, you know, make a note of all the major projects that I'm working on. So like right. right now it's the podcast um, and developing my online course and working right. with uh, persons who want coaching. So those are like the three main areas, right? And then right. list all the things that need to get done as it relates to each area. But then the problem with just doing it like that, what I'll do is just I'll just make a mental note. I'll go through the list on a daily basis and then just do the things. I'm not meticulously saying, okay, 10 a.m. I'm doing X, Y, Z, 11 a.m. And I think I need to start doing it like that because I'll probably get things done faster. Yeah, <laughs> like today, I knew that I was going to have this meeting. I had my reminder 30 minutes earlier, so I had to rush and do my setup and mm-hmm. everything. And like if I was just there and then it's now five and then I'm trying to look for my laptop right, and all that. Right, yeah. right. So if you have like something that gives you reminders you stay on track on your planned uh, activities yeah definitely definitely so i'll i'll challenge myself to to do better with it to allocate actual time to the things so that i don't just keep putting certain things off and something that can only take 10 minutes i don't wait till like the middle of the week to get it done yes Uh, (laughs) thanks for that all right, so uh, how do you prioritize taking care of yourself? So you, the woman, what are some of the things that you do to kind of nurture yourself, nurture your spirit, so that you don't go crazy doing all of these things? Okay, um, of late, I'm practicing uh, meditation. Mm, okay. Like when I wake up in the morning, I try to meditate for about 15 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's where I find my mind so relaxed. I started there with a very fresh mind. So that's where I find that I won't have like a very uh, stressful day Mm -hmm. because my mind is relaxed. And then I also plan uh, vacations Mm -hmm. uh, just to pamper myself, have some have a getaway to take care of myself. And also sometimes uh, like treating myself with nice things like buying mm-hmm. myself nice clothes, good food and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I feel like I'll be taking care of my myself. Yeah, that's amazing. Right. Yeah, so I have- also try to stay positive always mm-hmm. because yes, you stay I know that. <laughs> <laughs> that way you won't have your mind to function on a very productive manner. And like if you're negative, you find that uh, you're always negative and you become so discouraged, demotivated. So mm-hmm. as a way of taking care of my mind, I stay focused, I stay positive. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like uh, it has a compound effect. The more positive you are, 
uh, it sort of has a ripple effect in other areas of your life. And then yeah. before you know it, your default is just to stay positive regardless of what happens. That's Absolutely. Really mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to speak because uh, over the past couple of weeks, you know, some persons have reached out to me, um, explaining that they've have they're having various challenges in their personal life, and sometimes you don't want to hear that you should stay positive. Like sometimes you just <laughs> don't want to hear that you're like, ah, you know, how can I be positive in all of this? And I'm hoping that people, having learned your story, uh, will change their perspective a little bit and sort of evaluate their life um, yeah. and, and take some things, about, you know, to see how they can improve their lives and uh, make some different decisions going forward. So a yeah. few, few last questions. Um, I, I haven't asked a guest this before, so you'll be the first one I'll ask this. Oh. What will you, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Okay, don't be afraid. Mm, you can. Okay, don't be afraid. Wow. You can do it. Yes. Because um, if I reflect, <laughs> uh, back then I was so afraid. Uh, like what I mentioned earlier, growing up in a society which is so patriarchal, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you're afraid to do certain things, to say certain things, because you're afraid of being judged. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say to the 13-year-old, don't be afraid. If you feel it's right, it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to say, just say it, just do it. Mm -hmm. Don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. Wow, powerful. You know, I'm glad you pointed out the fact that your society is, is very patriarchal because that's a word that nowadays people just throw around without um, really getting the essence of it. And um, I agree that even, you know, within like the Caribbean space, North America, South America, there is a lot of patriarchy. But I think the version that we experience, uh, I feel like sometimes we use it as an excuse not to pursue our dreams, you know. Um, Yeah. You know, sometimes we say, oh, it's because I'm a woman why I can't do this. Or it's because I'm a woman why I didn't get that opportunity. No, sometimes it's not because you're a woman. Sometimes it could be that you weren't as prepared or you didn't use all the tools that are available to you or you didn't use all your advantages to the, you know, to, to create the success that you want. Sometimes it's not always like that. And, you know, I've been one of those people that, you know, kind of have fallen, fell into that sort of thinking. And that sort of thinking really holds you back, thinking that it's just because I'm a woman why uh, certain things didn't go my way. It really stifles your growth, I think. Yes. Yeah. North in the Americas, um, women go through a lot. And our worth is not valued as much in many respects. But at the same time, we still live in a society where women can do, we can do whatever we want to do, basically. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you were able to make that comparison because um, your society is patriarchal in the truest sense. People don't want girls to go to school. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I'm glad that you are brave enough to kind of step away from that mold. Um, uh, Even though you were, you must have been a little bit scared. So thanks for that. Oh, all right. (laughs) Uh, My hearty question. Oh, I don't want you to go. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, Nancy. So what keeps you driven? What keeps you driven? What keeps you going? What makes you get up every morning and just do it? Okay, what keeps me going is simple. I want the best things in life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to get the best things in life, you need to work hard. You need yeah. to wake up and work. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, aspiring for the best uh, things is what actually gives me the energy to say, if I'm up um, to achieve this, yeah, I need to work hard. Yeah. yeah. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> there are so many powerful um, punchlines throughout this whole episode. And, and I hope people, like, if you, did, you didn't have a notepad or anything when you started listening, I hope you go back and listen and make a note of some of the amazing nuggets that Nancy has shared in this episode, right? You want the best things in life, so you're going to stay driven and do what you need to do to get yes. the best things. Yes. Yes. And also it's not only the best things for me, but I want the best for everyone. I want the best for my country. I want the mm-hmm. best for my community. I want the yeah. best for my family. So it's just the best things that drive me. If something's mm-hmm. not going on well, mm-hmm. I need to work towards uh, ensuring that something is done to improve the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So I hope I've done a very good job of showcasing to the world, my listeners, that people from Zimbabwe are people. Um, you know, they aren't individuals that need some type of rescuing or, um, you know, extreme sympathy you know there are people there like nancy who are doing amazing things and doing their part in you know making their environment a better place and if you want to support them and partner with them go ahead and do that but i i I just really wanted to change the narrative that people have around your home and other parts of Africa. So I'm hoping okay, I did. Um, mm-hmm. Just some quick facts about Zimbabwe. Um, yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited <laughs> to say that Zimbabwe in Africa is uh, uh, among, it has the highest literacy rate mm-hmm. in Africa. So we are topping on that area. So in terms yes. of education, it's something that is valued by the government. Yeah. And uh, in terms of tourism in Zimbabwe, we have the mighty Victoria Falls, which is mm-hmm. one of the world's seven wonders. So yeah. if you're planning your next vacation, think Zimbabwe. Yes. And with the beautiful weather, you know, we don't have any extremes. If it's winter, it's like mild winter. If it's summer, it's mild summer. So yeah. it's really nice. And the hospitality is amazing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Zimbabweans are hard-working people. Yeah. They are very friendly people. So, yeah, we are so excited to network with um, 
everyone from across the globe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, I just want to quickly touch on our experiences as as uh, women from, well, I was going to say African descent <laughs> because I don't live in Africa, but you're an African woman and or I'm I'm from African descent. And it was right. interesting to compare our experiences as women of color going into the U.S., living there as regular citizens, right? And then seeing the experiences that some of our... Um, I'd say brothers and sisters, because they're, you know, um, right. So just to compare that, um, we realized that there was kind of a difference in how we approached life. And I thought that was so interesting to see the difference between how we interacted. Like when we got there, when we were in DC, we were just, you know, looking for different opportunities to pursue looking for different things that we could do to make the most of our experiences. But then it was almost as though we had persons that looked like us kind of discouraging us in a certain kind of way to, uh, <laughs> to see the negative in the society as opposed to seeing all the positive things that were there to explore. So, uh, you know, that was really interesting um yeah yeah and I think it was kind of unfortunate because if we had grown up in America that would have probably been our narrative as well if we didn't grow up in like an affluent community or something like that so um I'm I'm kind of (laughs) glad I tell people all the time I'm glad I'm a Jamaican Going to America, yeah, going to America (laughs) rather than having, being a woman of color growing up in America because um, the mindset and the attitude is totally different uh, depending on like the background and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, people, um, people in Africa don't need saving. I'm, you know, just throwing that out there. Yeah, we are good. (laughs) And you know, Nancy, I'm going to put this out there. God, (laughs) I feel like this year, not this year, 2020 is the year that I'll be coming to Africa. This year, in 2020, the Commonwealth Heads of Government, um, they're going to be having their uh, biannual Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting. So I'm an outgoing youth ambassador. So I'm, I feel like the opportunity will present itself for me to attend the meeting. It's happening Where? in, oh, for the life of me, I'm not remembering the country oh, that it's happening. Oh, but it's not in South Africa. Africa. No, it's not South Africa. Oh, why oh, can't I remember? Oh, but I'll tell you. But All I right. feel like they'll, <laughs> uh, if I, I think they'll pay for my ticket Some, somehow the Commonwealth will pay for my ticket to come there and I'll figure out how to, to get to Zimbabwe. <laughs> oh, please do. You know, in Africa, it's so easy like, to connect and mm-hmm. it's quite affordable. That would be great. Mm-hmm. So, be so I'm, I'm putting it out there because I do want that to happen. Um, please. Yeah, so. <laughs> please, I hope it's one of the countries pretty close to Zim. Yeah, yeah. Why can't I Probably connect by road or mm-hmm. by air. That would be great. Yeah, I'll send you a message later to, to let you know. But it's online. I have to go and look. 
I'm right. looking forward to see which country it is. So fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. And I'll figure out how to get over it to you. You will get it. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Nancy, uh, for being here. Do you have any parting advice? Uh, for okay. Mm-hmm. All right. My parting advice is um, surround yourself with um, people who encourage you who uh, give you positive energy and stay connected um, with people in different sectors because uh, nowadays it's what's important is um, having that network mm-hmm. of support where you can get ideas from Jamaica, from Trinidad and Tobago, mm-hmm. from Haiti, from from all over. So if you have that network, because you don't know it all, but from your network, you can easily uh, check, oh, who can assist me with this? And then you mm-hmm. can get the assistance mm-hmm. that you need. And surround yourself with uh, people with that positive yeah. energy. That's mm-hmm. my parting advice. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Right. So this was amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Nancy. Thanks, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me here. And I'd like to commend you for taking this initiative. I've been like listening to podcasts by other women and it's Uh so inspirational. You know, I must tell you, you should continue doing this, capturing Mm -hmm. the women's voices. You don't know how much impact this has in other people's lives. I'm learning a lot from the women who have uh, their stories shared via your podcast this is oh, really amazing awesome. doing thank you yeah. for that i needed that push <laughs> yay thanks nancy yeah it's an amazing project well done. thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the driven woman podcast let's keep the conversation going over patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash driven woman podcast If you loved this episode, and I know you did, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. This allows more people to get access to the show and the quality conversations that we have over here, right? Can you do that? I'm counting on you. And until next time, stay driven, 